You're listening to the On Call Impact Show. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the On Call Impact. This is a follow-up episode because the episode of uh, 79 did so well and due to popular d- demand, I got Shaney Dottery back for her follow-up uh, episode. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for coming back. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Love these little follow-ups. Stefan. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us how you've been doing. I know like, you know, we, this topic is about narcissist abuse and you know, half the clients that I see, the number one thing is how do we move forward after narcissist abuse? Because a lot of people out there are still scratching their heads and they're listening to this podcast. So I thought, why not bring you back and, and share your experiences and what, what you've been doing to cope? Yeah, um, I love it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, last time we talked, we did touch on um, you know, my past abuse and um, past relationship and things. And since then, um, I actually took a really big shift in my um, career, I guess, and life. I am putting a pause, I guess, on coaching. I found a more stable and a reliable job. Um, you know, it, it was hard building a business, being a single mom, being an entrepreneur, like Mm -hmm. there was stuff that was coming up that I just couldn't deal with without constant income. So, um, I shifted my perspective on all of that. I found, um, a job that I'm actually really enjoying. And then, um, my daughter and I, you know, we are in our own place and everything's really good. And it's, it's been, I guess a year in the making of really digging deeper than I ever have before into my self-love, into self-care. And that has really catapulted my Mm -hmm. own sense of self and confidence. And it's just Mm -hmm. been really awesome. I'm so happy for you. And, and this is what I wanted to bring you on. I mean, your episode was ranked as one of the top episodes of hundreds of episodes that I've had on the uh, podcast. And I think one of the reasons why is people could relate with what you were going through. Um, I know you had leaky gut, you know, issues and stuff like that. Um, And there's somebody listening out there and even some of my clients who are uh, living with a narcissist or they dated somebody who was a narcissist. And what I get is the number one thing, and maybe you can share some light on this is even if they don't want to think about that person, it subconsciously, it, it goes, it gets more intense and they Mm -hmm. can't get them out of their mind. And they, and I asked them like, you know, what can you do to kind of stop thinking about that? But the more we tell people to stop thinking about a certain thing or a person, we're going to do it more. So in Mm -hmm. your case, after you left the narcissist, what were some of the things that you had challenges with and how did you get out of it? Yeah. The biggest thing, which is something I'm actually still working on is, um, more of the anger part of it. Um, you know, I feel like after the relationship ended, I did not deal with my emotions Mm -hmm. at all. I went straight into physical fitness. I worked out twice a day, that was like my release mm-hmm. back then. 
And it's still really being able to forgive and move forward with who I am now and really understanding that what I went through made me who I am today. And I'm grateful and thankful for all of the experiences that he gave me, all of the knowledge that I gained from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's kind of been the biggest thing was kind of getting over the anger and really going more into forgiveness of myself and then forgiveness Mm -hmm. of him. And just really understanding that, um, you know, our paths did cross for a reason. And if it was for me to turn into who I am right now, right this second, then I'll take it. Yeah. And that's why it's such an inspirational story. It's just, you know, a lot of people find themselves in that loop. So what happens is what I hear from a lot of clients is once they get away from the narcissist, they're right back in a relationship with another one who poses themselves as the white knight of the person I'm going to save you. Don't worry about that guy. He was Mm -hmm. like a monster. I'm totally different. Um, And guys and girls, I mean, it it could happen on both sides, but what can we do to kind of look for those red flags? Cause I know um, some of the people that I've talked to, they go right back into it. And then they ask me like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I keep, and I don't know if it's a boundary issues or, or red flags that they're missing. What do you, what is your take on all that? Yeah. I'm kind of glad that you're bringing this up. So my take on it is hundred percent boundaries that um, I find when I hear about narcissism or um, relationships involving a narcissist, Um, I always tend to look at, you know, is this a codependent relationship? Most of the time, most narcissistic relationships are codependent, um, Mm -hmm. either, you know, male or female. And for that, it's after the relationship is over, um, definitely taking the time to take a break from everything and everyone focus on you internally focus on what's going to make you happy, right? Finding self again. And that took me like four years to really, I was only focused on myself. I was only focused on what made me happy. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I don't want people to be jumping around in the relationships. That's, that's like an inner void that they're trying to fill. Mm-hmm. jumping to relationship to relationship. And it's never the right one right. because you haven't really looked inside to see what the true issue is, whether it's right. codependency, whether it's, you know, you're trying to fill a void somewhere or you're trying to, um, you know, like issues with family and things like that. All that right. needs to get resolved before you are strong enough and confident enough within self to even find a partner. Right. And it's about finding a partner. It's about finding someone who's going to treat you as an equal, who's just going to enter your life and build you up and, you know, just be there with you through the trials and tribulations of life through the, you know, and experience life with you, not against you or not for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And so, so now you're at a point, you know, you started a new career, you're definitely doing well for yourself how do you know that you fully healed or is it something you just wake up one day and you're like, Oh, I feel a little lighter. I feel a lot less stressed. Does it hit you like 
one day or is it just a gradual thing with narcissist abuse recovery? Yeah, I think for me, um, it has been more of a slow progression that I'm noticing things that maybe have triggered me before I don't have a reaction to anymore. Um, you know, even just getting out there talking to, um, you know, people again, you know, my, my job is, um, like I am out there in the public, so I am talking to people. Um, and that has really helped me kind of overcome those like trust issues to be like, Oh, not everyone's out to get me. You know, there are just like genuine people out in the world. Um, so that has really been helpful too. And really just like, you know, I've really learned to create those boundaries and whether it be with my daughter or family or, you know, people I do meet on the streets, like really making sure that I understand my own boundaries and that I'm holding to them regardless of who the person is. Right. And for me to do that, it was a lot of, you know, um, inner work, just meditation or yoga Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, writing journaling. I do that every day Mm -hmm. and stuff just kind of comes out and really just being really mindful and, Mm -hmm. um, really like intentional with everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So all of that has kind of compiled into just Mm -hmm. making life easier and easier. So, you know, when I did meet the person I'm currently dating, stuff is coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's like, this is new for me, right? This is like my first relationship in four years. Yeah. So yes, there is a lot of like, oh my gosh, like, is this codependency? Is this, is, you know, so I need to like really work on, yeah. and I am working on staying out of my head and leading with my heart yeah. in this relationship. And it's really been great just to actually meet someone who matches everything that I've ever wanted in a person, Yeah. Um, you know, in a true life yeah. partner. And it's just, it's all because I've done the internal work. I've taken sure. the time to quiet my mind, to quiet my body and just heal. Basically. Yeah. 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 That's, that's very tough. I mean, to do, cause I mean, I've, I've talked to people in the past and one of the things that they tell me is when they go out, let's say they go out on a date or they meet somebody for the first time there is going to be some apprehension guys, and there's going to be, you know, hypervigilance. You're going to be questioning everything and, and just kind of self-diagnosing like, Oh God, am I doing this? Did I not set enough boundaries? Is this person, is this a red flag? So all these things cause pressure and it just kind of stresses the narcissist recover, like the process, it just kind of lingers more. And, and so you know, for you, I mean, it took you four years to get where you are today. And, and it's, it's so nice to see you like actually smiling and, and talking about this subject where there's a lot of people it's been decades and they don't, they don't see any light. They don't think they're going to find anyone. They don't trust anyone. They got a lot Mm -hmm. of hate and Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll look for things that's not there. In, mm-hmm. in certain things. And they may self-sabotage like a relationship and it could be a good person. But at the same time, what do you say to somebody that's listening right now who's maybe given up hope and said, you guys don't understand this guy was, or this girl was a monster and they screwed me up. I have PTSD from it. And every time I go out on a date or go in public, 
it triggers me. So how the heck am I going to meet anyone thinking like that? And you did mention, you know, meditation and mindfulness and all those things that helped you. What would you say would be like just the first step somebody could get off this podcast and start at least thinking in a way where it could lead to hopeful like recovery? Mm-hmm. Um, it would definitely be dating. <clears throat> For a while, if that if you find yourself every time you're trying to to date or see someone or talk to someone on the street, and your automatic thought is mm-hmm. this person is you know trying to attack me, or they you know you're all these negative thoughts about this person mm-hmm. that may not really be true. It's just your own personal, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, like self sabotage kind of you yeah know, because you you internally are not ready to accept love then that is, you know, something if you're going to leave this podcast right now and go do something, I would say, pick up a, um, like a self-help book. There are bazillions out there. I read them constantly. And it's Mm -hmm. not even that, you know, they have helped me. Um, but it's just nice to hear other people's perspective on like how the universe works or, you know, if you're religious, grab the Bible, you know, something that's going to fill your cup. Yeah, that's what you need to do. So grab any book that sparks your interest. Um, and then journal. I mean, yeah. you know, just get quiet and just journal and see what yeah. comes out. Like I was surprised what would come out when I just sat and wrote. Yeah. Just, you know, really not thinking, not trying to, to be a specific way yeah. or whatever, right? It's a piece of paper. You can throw it away afterwards, <laughs> right? No one's going to see it. Right. Let your brain like soften and just write and just right. the stuff that comes out is insane. But that's a way to yeah. physically get it out of your body. And then you can actually release it, mm. whether it's going yeah. in the garbage, whether you want to do a bonfire, whatever it is, but you have to physically release it out of your body yeah. to then move forward. So yeah, it's very good advice. And one thing I noticed about you is, I mean, you just don't talk about it. You actually do what you say, you take action. And I think anyone that's listening out there, if you're doing something positive, that's great. But if you can watch all the podcasts, all the YouTube videos and read all the books, but if you're not practicing what you're saying, it's just going to be constantly, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. I'm going to feel good. And you're going to feel those, that butterfly in your stomach, like, yes, I'm, I'm healing. And then you're right back to square one a few days later. And you're like, what's going on? It's got to be a consistent lifestyle thing, like exercising, like getting up, making your bed, brushing your teeth. You have to get up every morning and just know whatever comes your way, you're going to still do the same routine. You're still lovable no matter what anyone tells you. And that's, that's what I admire about you. You, you follow through with what you said and now look at you. And that's why I wanted to bring you on here is just recovery is possible guys. And and here's proof, you know? Yes. Yes. And it takes time. Like don't rush the process. Like, (laughs) you know, like I know, especially in society now, everything's instant gratification. Well, I'm going to read this book and do this podcast. And then I'm healed. <laughs> no, guys. I'm going to take no. this course and this person's right. going to magically, exactly. you know, and yeah, go see, go see a right. therapist and do what you yes. need to do. But yes. just know at the end of the day, you can do overload and po- there is po- such thing as positive toxicity where if you're just 
always like pretending to be happy when you're not, Mm -hmm. it's okay to break down. It's okay to cry. I mean, for men, it's like a big taboo to show your emotions, but I'm here to tell you, fuck (laughs) that. I mean, you're, you're human and the only person that matters is yourself. You have to put yourself first. And like you said, fill your cup before you can help others. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the first step. So, so Shani, I mean, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast for this, you know, follow-up. I wanted people to see the before and after, and even just you sitting there, your glow, you're smiling, you're dating, and you're, you're going (laughs) after your new dreams um, what's next for you on this? I mean, you, you're not stopping. So tell us yeah. what's what's going on after all of that. I, I honestly don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'm literally just taking it in stride. I'm um, I'm doing the best I can with what I have in front of me. And yeah. I'm just going to see where life takes me. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not really pressured into, I need to be in this specific career or it needs yeah. to go this way you know like it's just kind of I'm really just enjoying (laughs) life and being here right now in the moment yeah yeah just totally living in the moment and whatever comes comes and I know it's going to be great whatever it is um you know I know the universe has my back so there you go (laughs) yeah just ready for it All right. I, you know, you still have the same Instagram profile. And, um, would you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I honestly am not on social media anymore. I've totally taken a backseat and And that's a good thing. That has helped to kind of refocus on myself was that I was consuming a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, And, you know, I just found myself hours a day consuming and I was like, like, I really got to take a step back. Like, this is not good for my health. It's not good for, you know, my (laughs) mindset. So it's been months. Um, yeah. But it is still the same. It's all still there. But okay. I'm just not active. Focusing on yourself. Yeah. And that is true. I mean, social media, the way that everything is set up nowadays, and this is a podcast in itself, is we always try to compare ourselves. Or if we see a picture of our friends married and happy with kids, we don't know what's going on in the back of that picture. Right. They could be like fighting and one could be a narcissist. But yet we see these vacation photos and them smiling and buying stuff and it, it just triggers all this stuff. And that's one of the main things I get from from people there. They're like, well, everyone else is happy. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, everyone has, you know, their issues. Yeah. And it's all just, you know, if we can get quiet and, and figure it out, you know, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's been a <laughs> pleasure having you back. I, I love these types of follow-ups because it just gives people hope. And, and I know there's a lot. And, and like I said, your episode 79, you guys, if you haven't checked it out, go listen to that one and then come back to this one. You will see a total like difference and you'll have hope, hopefully, and keep doing what you're doing. It's just such an honor to have you back and an inspiration. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Please share it with anyone that might be going through some type of narcissist abuse or just going through a tough time with someone. Uh, With that said, stay tuned for the next episode. I have a lot more guests from around the world. We have the Elite Coaches Series that just started. So I'm so excited for that. With that said, always keep moving forward. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.